Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. If faith is not released, nothing can change. So you, you have to get to a place where you allow your faith not only just to get developed, but you allow your faith to be released. Because after it's been developed, it must be released. It's one of the most important things you can remember about faith. So we've been in this series all, all, all month long. How many of you know last week I talked about faith and grace? Amen. That's important. Faith and grace work together. Faith just accesses what grace has provided. If grace has not provided it, then you don't really have a right to go after it. But if grace has provided it, you have the opportunity to receive everything that grace has provided. But it has to be what? Access through faith. It's the most important thing you remember. So faith is so important because without faith, you cannot do anything. Not just please God. You can't receive the promises of God. You can't move in this thing. So today, have to be found in my life. Otherwise, my beliefs will not access the promises. So it's kind of like this. You could look at it like this. The promises of God are the grace of God to the believer. It's okay? Okay? So now your faith in the promises has to be the catalyst, even though they're yours, even though they're yes and amen, you still have to have faith to obtain them. Right. Otherwise, God would just give them to everybody, and we could wrap the whole show up and go. But he can't. That's where you come in. you got to have beliefs to access what the word of God and grace has provided. So that's why it's important for me and you because guess what? It ain't going to happen just because God said it. Right. It ain't going to happen just because God said it. It's going to happen because you believe it. Now, here's how you got to get it. You got to, number one, you got to receive it. Then you got to release it. You know, you got, why do we got to release it? Because faith without works is dead. Faith that's not been released cannot be received. So why do I got to receive? Why do I got to release? Why can't God just do what he wants to do when he wants to do it? Because he, he can't. What do you mean he can't? He can't. He has to have, he has to have your faith, amen, and his promise to make it come to pass. So today when we're in this thing, kind of just go, where am I? So the question is, where am I releasing faith and where am I not? Because faith's a belief. My faith, remember this, your faith, your faith has to be found in the realm of your beliefs. Does that make sense? Because if you don't believe it, you ain't found faith yet. Because just because God said it don't mean I believe it. I can, see, look, I can agree with it mentally, but that does not mean I form faith to release it to become an experience in my life. So that means I got to work on my system of beliefs. This is kind of you pulling in. So God said it. Okay, great. God said a lot of stuff. God said he's going to prosper me. But right now, if you're facing a financial battle, how's he going to do it? How do I know? I don't know. I'm not God. But if you got faith in prosperity, he's going to do it. Then what do I do? I got to find actions. Well, I'm tithing. I'm giving offerings. See it? Come on, guys. This is how you do it. And I'm believing. I'm sowing extra seed. I'm doing my part. Then I rest in the process. Okay, you got pain in your body. Going, man, well, I'm doing my part. I'm believing by stripes. I'm healed. I'm speaking the word of God. I'm moving what should not be moving. I'm doing the best I can. 
Come on, somebody. You know, and, 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 and some of you, and some of you <coughs> here's something. As you get older, don't get worried if something wears out. Just get new parts. I'm serious. Listen to me, man. As you get older, you know, some of you get all weird with this. Like, I'm believing God by faith. Hey, listen, if you're like 90 and something's wearing out, get a new one. Amen. You don't keep a car. How many, got a, how many you got a 1963 Malibu? Anybody? Anybody got one? Anybody riding one? Or out? Well, you, if you had one, you got a classic or something. You know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? How many got a 70, 1971 Chevelle blue with white racing stripes? You might want to sew it to me. No. You, come on. You got one? You driving it around? No. Why? Things wear out. You know what I'm saying? Just get some new ones. I buy, you know, put the glasses on. So, so you got guys? Yeah, I'll get glasses. I'll, I'll get, if they give me bionic eyes, I'll go get them. Praise be to God. Don't you get all weird with all this stuff. You know what I'm saying? So, so you got to believe in faith. And some stuff just happens like that. I know you all like Moses. Nothing's, his eye did not grow dim. God bless you. And my hair got wavy, waved away. Come on, see what's don't worry about it. I don't care what color it turns. Hallelujah, gray, white, purple. I don't care if I look like the Joker, glory to God. If it's growing green, I'll keep it. Hallelujah. Don't worry about it. But don't don't get all weird in this thing. Don't go putting your faith. Just understand the process of some things. You know what I mean? But here's what I'm saying. But you still gotta have faith to receive God for healing. You still gotta have faith for restoration. Just because he said he's the restorer in the family doesn't mean he's going he's to do it just because he said it in his book. You've got to put faith in that thing. And stop getting your mouth off of what God promised because you keep looking at stuff that doesn't look like what he said. Well, it looks messed up. Well, everything looks messed up. That's why you don't go by what's messed up. You go by what you believe. You see what I'm saying? Did he, did he give you a promise of restoration? No, I understand. There's, and there's another thing, too. Don't get mad if other people don't cooperate with God's process. Some people just won't. They refuse not to. Let me tell you something about Jesus. He ain't breaking no human will. He ain't changing them. He, let me tell you, I, I'll tell you a story real quick. I'll tell you a story real quick. Can I tell you a quick story? They could testify to it, but they won't because they're going to be good. I prayed. I had, I, had, I, had, I had a situation, and stuff arose, and I had to pray. And, man, I'll tell you what. These people were stubborn. They were stubborn, stubborn, stubborn. And I prayed. I made sure I prayed. And I literally seen with my own eyes, people literally go, said this out of their mouth. I know God wants, a lady said this out of her mouth. I know God wants me to do this, but I'm not going to do it. I don't care if it kills me. You understand me? People will get stubborn. And things they should forgive and things they should release. But they'd rather die to get their way than honor God. You understand what I'm saying? Just because a human will could choose to do whatever it wants to do. Mm -hmm. Trust me, God's knocked on the door of people's hearts. Right. They just haven't answered. Right. Don't trust me. I, I was like, oh, my God, that's the stuff we were praying. That's the stuff we were praying. And right there, you couldn't have made a turn towards God, but you chose not to. Right. Now, I'm not going to be the judge of nobody's life because I don't need to get hit with that stick. No. But I'll promise you this. If you prayed it, God came knocking. If they don't answer, that's on them. That's on them. That's on them. But don't tell me God didn't come and say, get it right. Don't tell me God didn't. No, no, no. God's true to his word. People might have said, I'm not, I know what you said, God, but I'm not doing it. You better believe it. They're all over the earth. You better wake up. That's the God's honest truth. 
That's the God's honest truth. I don't want to. Well, you don't want to, but guess what? You could, but you don't. That doesn't mean God. Just because you don't see changed circumstances doesn't mean God hasn't been dealing with people's heart about the subject that you've been praying about. I don't see no results. You might not. They might have said no. And that's on them, not on you. What do you mean they might have said no? Well, they might have. Did you know you God? But I promise you this. If you prayed it and you believed it and you asked, God showed up. God showed up. You know, some people, you, you know, family members, you know, you've been praying for. You just keep them, keep them in the place of faith. But trust you here. They probably said no already. But they'll come back again. He'll keep knocking. He'll keep knocking. You just can't say, don't you, no, don't you go looking at natural to tell me whether this is working. God came to him already. You understand me? You understand what I'm saying right now? I'm speaking prophetically. God came to that boy and told him what he already knows. And he ain't going to stop coming to him because you ain't moving off your faith. I don't care what we see. I don't care if they're sitting on their deathbed with no air left, but one word, Jesus, and change their life. I'm not losing nobody. I'm not losing nobody because faith will change the world. Stand there with nothing in your mouth but faith. Stand there. Got nothing to lose. What are you going to lose? You can't kill me. I'm already dead. Just stand there. Believe. How's he going to? I don't know. I don't care. Jesus got to come walking through the wall. I had that guy. You know him, too. He came here. The, the, the nice Indian fellow. Came, he came and visited. His dad, he his his daddy seen Jesus. He told him testimony seriously, because nobody was preaching the gospel where he was. He said, "My dad seen Jesus. Guy's legit. Got hundreds of churches." He said Jesus told him, came to him and seen him, and then told him what to do. Um, was was that your friend? Yeah, one guy. And then I had another guy tell me the same thing. He said, "What do you mean Jesus came to your daddy?" Brother Hagen tells the story. He said, Jesus came walking to my hospital room. T.L. Osborne says, Jesus came in the room. T.L. Osborne said, Jesus, I said, I was weeping, couldn't get it to work. Jesus came in the room, gave him an experience. Why? Because he'll find you. He'll find you. If he can't, listen to me, he'll find you. Ah, this other guy tell me. He said, yeah. Now, some people are squirrely and they're lying because they try to act spiritual. But there's people, seriously, Jesus came to my room. What did he do? He told me. What did he tell you, Brother Hagin? He told me things I was praying about. No man can give me. I had to find out. He got it. Now, I'm, not, I'm not expecting you to have Jesus come in your room. I don't even want Jesus coming to my room. It ain't scaring me, but I don't need to see him because I think seeing him will set my faith back. I told him that in the beginning of this. You know, people were like, oh, I want to see you, Jesus. I want to see you, Jesus. I want to see you, Jesus. I said, I don't want to see you. Not because of disrespectful or irreverent. But isn't it better to believe you and not see you and believe your word? Isn't that better kind of faith? That I don't have to see you to believe you, but I'll believe you without seeing you. Because I'll trust what you wrote, because what you wrote is who you are, and Jesus was the word, and the word walked among us. Amen? See what I'm saying? So maybe, maybe not seeing is a good thing. You know what I'm saying? Maybe it's helping my faith. Because <laughs> I don't walk by sight. I walk by faith and not by sight. Amen? So just pull that stuff in. Don't worry about it. Don't you lose, don't you lose faith in any of this stuff. 
God's God. He'll do it, amen? Write this down, number one. Until your beliefs govern your life, your flesh will. Until your beliefs govern your life, your flesh will. Does that make sense? This is what I'm saying when I say that. Your, your beliefs should be formed from the word of God. If the word of God is not forming what you believe, flesh is. So you got to go back. Why do I believe this? You believe something about your finances right now? Why? You believe something about your body right now? You believe something about your future right now? You believe stuff about your life right now? You believe stuff about your you believe you be, you guys, young people, listen to me. You believe something about your future right now? You believe. So where do they come from? Because it's your empowerment of faith that really is found in your system of beliefs. Your empowerment of faith. I know they're the same, but here's what I'm saying. If it's not governed by the word, your actions are going to be governed by your flesh. Your flesh can't produce no fruit, not good fruit. So why do you believe what you believe? You got to backtrack and find the place you form these beliefs. Because my thinking, saying, and doing has got to be governed by my word of God from my belief system that should be formed from the Bible. But if it's not, guess what it is? It's your flesh. Now, here's my problem. If your flesh is forming your beliefs, what are you saying? Now you're speaking a lot of stuff. You're speaking a lot of stuff you don't really want to see. But because pressure of life has pushed you off your belief system, you're talking like a natural man. We can't have you talking naturally. Because if you talk naturally, we can't do nothing for you spiritually. So here's what I'm saying. If you take 90 days and you put a checkup on what you're saying based only upon your beliefs, what's your words going to look like? I told them in the morning service, there are some days I don't want to say nothing. I'm scared of what might come out of my mouth. So I'd rather not speak than say something. Come on. I got three amens and 42 lies. You know exactly what I'm talking about. If I open my mouth right now, God only knows what I'm going to say about this situation, I'd rather say nothing. Because if I do open my mouth, it's probably not going to be good. Do you see what I'm saying? So I got to make sure, for, firmly, foundationally, make sure. Because that's what we used. Our scripture that we used was um, for here. I want you to look at Second Corinthians. I want you to look at Second Corinthians 4.13. We having the same spirit of faith according as. Now you see this now? What does the spirit of faith do? Watch this. We having the same spirit of faith according as it is. The spirit of faith says what's written. As it is written, it speaks what's been written. Do you see what I'm saying? I know what he's saying. The spirit, leave the first half of that up, please, Angela. We having the same spirit of faith as, according as it is written. Well, what's, what do you mean? He's saying this. We only believe. And therefore, we speak. What do we, what do we believe and speak? What has been written? Believe, speak, only what's been written. So how do you get the spirit of faith? You only speak what's been written. You don't tell me what you think about a matter. Nobody cares. I love you. I love you, but it's, I love you, but I don't care what you think. I've been trying to tell you this. You're not allowed to think what you want to think about you. You don't know enough about yourself. All you're going to think about you is your past performance. I know nothing about that. I only know about your future existence. 
I don't care where you came from. You can tell me it's great, but I don't care where you came from because it's not telling me anything about where you're going. You haven't discovered who you are yet. People are just making mistakes because they're trapped in time. If I can move you out of time and move you into your future, you'll start responding like your future is already here. Don't trust what you think about you. You don't know enough about you. Don't believe what you want to believe about you. You're still discovering who you are. Your identity is being what? Found right now. Until you line up to what's been written, don't say anything about yourself. You're probably downplaying who you really are. So how in the world can I elevate my place of thought to believe what God says about me when I don't even believe the stuff he said about me? Easy. You choose not to believe what you want to believe about yourself, and you force yourself to believe what the Bible says about you. Even though your performance doesn't look like it, you're not how you perform. You're really who you've been made. Because you've been made with this Bible. So you've been made righteous. See, it's all about discovery. See, this, everybody gets nervous with the actions. The actions are changed once you discover who you are. Because until you discover who you are, you're going to act like you think you are. But the minute we show you who you really are, I'll change your friends in 15 minutes. I'll change where you hang out in 10 minutes. Some of you are hanging out in the right place, but if you're not in the right position, I'll change your circle of influence in 20 minutes when you discover who you are. Because you'll stop hanging around people that are draining your life and start getting around people that are life-giving. You'll stop getting yourself in environments you don't need to be in. So you'll stop trapping yourself in worthless relationships that are not leading you anywhere because you haven't elevated yourself. And ladies, let me explain something to you. You guys, you guys are the best, but you're also the worst. Because you hang around with a bunch of ding-dongs, men, ding-dongs, that don't have no... Well, I don't know why he treats me like that, because you allow him to. When you step into the arena of who I am, you better up your game, because you just stepped into a position you have no idea you've never been here before. So stop settling for Joe Schmo and get yourself in a position where you understand that if you bring yourself into this arena, you better posture yourself right because I know who I am. <sighs> better pay attention to me. I know what I'm telling you. You see what I'm saying? And guys, you could rise up to it, but here's the thing. You better get this thing. This is what people don't get. You're living beneath the reality of what God made you. It's quiet in here. Oh, why does why he get away with that? Because he's a ding-dong. What do you mean he's a ding-dong? He's a ding-dong. Why is he a, what do you mean he's a ding? I don't like you, Pastor Chris. Did you just call me a hostess cupcake? Yeah, I did. Because you got to understand something that you got to bring another level in. This ain't like, you know, oh, I'm smooth. You, we don't need smooth. We need holy. <laughs> we need holy. We need you. Do you understand who I am? Yeah. You play, you play, you see, it's probably, yeah, that's a problem. They played too long, and then this is what I got to put up with. No, this is what you've tolerated, and now you've created. So now that ain't going to fly. I don't know how we got on this, but we're here. But do you understand what I'm saying? It's all about faith. What do you, who do you believe you are? Because until you understand who you are, you'll settle for who you think you are. And then you'll settle for all this nonsense. Cut it out. And go home and have a faith statement thing. We ain't talking on this unbelief around here anymore. Right. We ain't talking on this goofiness anymore. Well, you know, we've been in 42 years of poverty. Well, you're getting out. 
Get around all these people talking broke. Talk broke, talk sick, talk goofy, talk foolish. Get out of the way from all that. You ain't allowed to talk foolish around me. You know what I mean? You can't. And why do you think people talk stupid around you? Because they know you listen. Sister, sister Blabbermouth's always calling you up. Well, she knows you're going to listen to her. Hang up the phone one time. I'll tell you now, I, I get scared talking. You know, there's certain environments I get nervous talking in. Because you're in the presence of weight. I ain't saying nothing wrong in here. Wait in the room. Just get rid of these clowns. Why, who, why, why, why are people trying to get you to justify who you are? Right. You ain't figured out who I am by now. I'm wasting my time with you. Right. You know what I'm saying? Some people say, well, gee, you know, they're like, well, you know, what do you think? They're always trying to get you to qualify for their relationship. Right. Bump that. If we, they don't even know what relationship is people like that. You know what I'm saying? Those rules should have been figured out the minute we got in another. We just got acquaintance. You could be in your own family and just have acquaintance and not even have a relationship. Because everything you got to do, if you do this, you can be in. If you do that, you can be in. Guess what? I don't even know if I want to be part of this mess anymore. I'm, I'm helping somebody in here that's paying attention. You understand what I mean? I got to keep qualifying for this thing. This is not, that's, that's that, you know what, that is selfishness. That's selfishness. If you're going to keep qualifying for my relationship, we don't have a relationship. We've got acquaintance. I'll take you. See, well, how's Doc say that? He said this is real so good. He said, you, you start a relationship, you start a relationship because of the good qualities of an individual. You can stay in relationship because you can overcome their bad qualities. You can start a relationship for the good qualities of a relationship. You understand what I mean? I start a relationship with you because of your good qualities. We show up with the good stuff. But guess what? I could stay in relationship with you overcoming your bad qualities. They don't move me. See what I'm saying? We could stay in relationship forever. Why? Because I've outweighed your good qualities. We started because of good qualities. And it's your bad. I've overcome your bad qualities. And because I have, I could stay in it. See it? You could stay in it. I'm saying he says it way better than I did, but you understand what I'm saying. How did you start off? The good, the good thing got us going. Now all of a sudden your cracks are showing up. I'm still with you. Well, you ain't pretty no more. I, I didn't come in because you, you were as pretty as you got the first day I met you. You know what I'm saying? Now we're in this thing with some, some you know what I'm saying? I can stay in it because I could overcome your bad qualities. They don't move me. They don't stop me. That's what people don't get. Now it's like, all oh, your bad qualities mess me up. I want out. Daddy, you ain't got a relationship there. You, you pull that in? All right, well, don't worry about it. Here we go, ready? You got to fix this stuff, man. The same spirit of faith. Because you got to understand that. The spirit, write this down, number two. The spirit of faith has a response. That's Numbers 14, 24. Did you get the first one? You got to get your beliefs. Your beliefs got to get right. The spirit of faith has a response. If you do not respond with the spirit of faith, you're probably responding through unbelief. Okay? So that means when something starts happening in life, are you responding by faith or are you responding out of unbelief? This is the story of the children of Israel. Jesus said, go take the, God told them, go take the land. The land is yours. They said, we come back with what? When you see a promise, okay, this is what I was trying to show you with this. This is what you got to get. So look at me. When you get a promise from God, you're going to get a response from you. Okay? So just write that down. When you get a promise from God, you're going to get a response from you. In that very moment, your response, when you first see that promise, that's going to be your greatest obstacle. 
Go take the land. We can't take no land. There's giants in goofy walled cities, and this is impossible. Every time God gives you a promise, you're going to have an obstacle to overcome within yourself. And if the obstacle you have to overcome within yourself is greater than what you see that promise to be, you'll forfeit it. You're going to have to respond to the promise the minute the promise hits your ear. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. The minute you hear, guess what? You're naturally going to have a response to what you heard. And then your eyes are going to kick in. Your soul's going to kick in. Everything's going to kick in. And if you become a rejecter, guess what? You're going to have a problem. What am I trying to say? The promise showed up and God said, go take the land. The land is your land. It flows with milk and honey. It's going to be great. It's awesome. And then what? Guess what? When you hear the promise or you read the promise or you see the promise or you're walking towards the promise, guess what's going to show up? An obstacle in, within you internally trying to tell you you can't have what God said you can have and your response is going to be the key and you better respond in faith otherwise you might forfeit the destiny that God has for you. We are not able to take land because we're like a bunch of little grasshoppers even though God said you're greater. But Caleb had a different kind of response. You're going to have to remember this. You're going to have to respond in faith to the promises of God whether you understand how he can do it or not because guess what? Your faith response to the promise is the key to your position to get it. Look at verse 24. Put the first part, please. But my servant Caleb, because he has another spirit with him, so other translations say within him, and he hath fully followed me, fully, him will I bring into the land. So Caleb and Joshua got in. Why? Not because of the promise, but because of their faith in response to God's promise. You see it? One point something million people never got in, but two guys got in. Why? They had a different kind of response to a promise that God gave everybody. You better get that. He gave it to everybody. The, the, the people that did not deserve it, he gave it to them. The people that had no faith to get it, he gave it to Oh, my God. He, look, man, I don't know how you got before the promised land, but if God says go in, go in. Watch, 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 watch. watch. You, you, you're catching me, but you're not, you're not grabbing me. You're going to grab me in a minute. Now, go on. Watch this. He said, one point something million people, go take the land. You don't think there was one point, in that one point something million people, there was a bunch of clowns in there? You don't think within that one point, one point, there was some broke people in there? There was some sick people in there? There's some destitute people in there? There was some people that did not deserve to go? You don't think there was some people that didn't deserve to go? You think there was some people with a bad track record in there? Come on, guys. Come on, guys. You don't think there was a people full of unbelief in there? God didn't look at it and care. He said, now's your time. Take the land. All you got to do is what? Believe when you see this promise, and I'll turn your whole life around. And only two guys out of the whole punch could believe what God said he can do because God said he could. But he said everybody can have it. But guess what? You got to have faith to receive it. Yeah, those people were messed up. You know what I'm saying? Somebody woke up, man, and said, I ain't had a job in 18 years. <laughs> You, you, ain't, you ain't get me. Somebody woke up that day and said, what are we supposed to do today? <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying. You got me? You caught me. You know, Uncle Joe Schmo, you know, silly over there, you know, drinking a 40 and just chilling out. <laughs> you don't want to hear me, but I'm telling the God's honest truth. You people all want to lie to yourself. You don't think in that one point something million of them children in Israel, somebody was lazy? You know, I mean, you know, there was somebody in there like that joker ain't worked in 23 years. He's drunk as a skunk. Come on, come on, come on. You better pay attention. This was the day of deliverance. I'm gonna praise myself happy. Hallelujah. 
You don't think there was some Joe Schmoes in there? Come, had to be. Come on, it was like Uncle Mike ain't had a job since 1922. Come on, you know what I'm saying? There was one of them in there. And God said, no, go take the land because you're my chosen people. It was your time to restore. It was your time to be brand new. It was your time to get a brand new day. It's a brand new start. It was a fresh start. You're coming up out of bondage. You're coming up out of slavery. You're coming up out of abuse. You're leaving Egypt behind. And I'm taking you into the greatness of a promised land. I'm taking you up out of the bondage and bringing you into the freedom. You don't think this was the greatest day? They said, let us go back and die. They jokers want to go back to their old mess, and God put the promised land before them. Come on, man. When the promised land is standing before you, put your faith in the promise of God, and don't go back to the old mess. There ain't no old mess to go back to anyway. You're a new creature in Christ. Come on, man. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. Stop looking at the promises of God and critiquing them and just say, yes and amen, Lord, I'll take them, even though I don't deserve them. Glory to God. Not based on my performance. See what I'm saying? So they all they had to do was go. Caleb and Joshua said, what? I'm going to respond right to that promise. That promise is needs a response. Every promise in the Bible needs a response from you. The whole book's true. That don't mean you're going to get any of it. Now, I know what happens in church, but praise be to God. Because here's the thing. You got to be prepared. Let me tell you, God set us all up. You're going to have to change to get these promises. See, that's why people quit. That's why you go to a little baby church, you know. Go to a little baby church. Everybody good today? Y'all got your baba and your binkies. And everybody have you your little blankie? Get your blankie? Sebastian Chris, you mean. I ain't mean. I'm telling you the way it is. Yeah, you know what I'm You got your blankie, feel good? Your little binky, binky boo? Because I'm a pain. I'm coming in here and saying, you want it? You got to have faith for it. Otherwise, God doesn't have to give it to you. He wants to give it to you. This is the biggest problem church got. Come in, you good? You ain't going to get jack from God without faith. Right. Not because he's mean, but because that's the only way to get it, and I can't get it for you, and I can't give it to you. If I could, I would. So you got to go in there in faith, and you're going to look at a promise. That's why people quit. That's why they quit on promises. They don't need them that bad. Let me tell you the only thing, this is going to be so good, the only thing a promise of God is going to cost you, you, because you're going to have to change. Uh, you, you, see, let me tell you something about God. You want to know how God forced you to transform? The good life. You want the good life? God changed your mouth. Not because he accepted. It's not about acceptance. He already accepted you. You see it? How does he get you to grow? You want, the, you want that increase? Got to talk right. You want that? Got to hang out with the right people. See, people just disconnect. I don't need it that bad. I'd rather just stay me. Not me. Not me. You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? You see, what, you see it? You see it? Oh, you want that? Got to talk that. Oh, you want to be there? Got to get around there. Oh, you want to do this? Got to get around people that are doing it. See, that's how you got your character to change. See, this is how God gets you to conform and transform to his will and not yours. That's when people let go of promises, you usually don't see them no more. Because they quit. But you know why they quit? They didn't want to sacrifice and surrender. They'd rather have their own life than the promises of God. See it? So watch this. You want to know how spiritual growth takes place? You get a promise. Now I can't talk the way I want to talk. Can't walk the way I want to walk. Can't do what I used to do. Can't do it. And then the promise, you know what happens with the promise? It starts going like this. Oh, man. Oh, I don't know how bad I want it. And then once you get that promise to start working, 
You start falling in a relationship with God. You start falling in a relationship with God. Because some people got to say something. So you got to get this, right? Jesus, Jesus, it's funny, the song said it. Jesus grew from a child into a man. Adam was a man. Adam was not a baby. Adam was born into adulthood. Jesus came from infancy to adulthood. You spiritually are thrust into adulthood spiritually. It's up to you to maintain the place that God put you. The reason why people have a problem with maintaining the spirituality that God gave them is because they don't rightly identify themselves early. When you don't rightly identify yourself early, the maturing process seems like it should take long, tedious years. It should not. It should be rapid expansion within your spiritual life because God never developed your spirit. We talk, grow. There ain't no grow with Adam. Adam was a full-grown man. Your spiritual condition is full-grown the minute you come into the kingdom. The problem is your mentality is not caught up to what you've been made. Why do people grow more rapidly than others? They're more surrendered to the process. Jesus renewed his mind in seven days. I'm convinced of it. And after six days, on the seventh day, he what? The glory of God. He was transfigured. He renewed his whole self in seven-day process. I'm convinced of it. Can't prove me wrong. Because he had to do what we had to do. And after six days, on the seventh day, he transfigured. It didn't say he went up there and did it himself. The transfiguration process took place. You'll transfigure yourself over time. But guess what? The speed curve is up to your ability to surrender to what he said about you. You ain't growing like no little baby in no manger, baby. You're growing like a spirit man, amen, as fast as you can yield. As, what you, kind of dominance are you talking about? I'm talking about dominating the earth like God. That's what I'm talking about. He had no problem to make you equal with him. Why don't we see people like this? Because they want to have too much of their life and not give it up to have his life. That's up to you, though. How far surrendered you want to be? I want to have it my way, Okay. Yeah, but you're your way all day long. Not good. You see what I'm saying? So there's a place to turn. No, no, no. Do I think it's a process? Yeah, you understand what I'm saying. I'm not trying to have you feel bad because your process is taking longer. But some of the reason why it's taking you too long is because of you. You staying in the way. It's crucify yourself. You know what crucify yourself means? Don't have your own opinion. I'm okay with this season. I'm cool with it. Probably good for me anyway. Probably need this. I don't know what I'm going to be facing. Maybe this is my qualification for where I'm going next season. How the world do I know? I don't know. The promise, write this down. Oh, my God, we're going to go. The promise still needed faith, actions to come to pass. Just write that down. I'm going to explain to you. It's Abraham. Just because Abraham had a promise, he still had to have faith actions to get it to come to pass. You see that? The, every promise of God still needs your faith action to come to pass. It ain't just going to come to pass just because God's got it there. Abraham had to sacrifice Isaac. God did not want him to kill that kid. God did not want to bring a kid up there. God did not want to kill Isaac. God did not want Abraham killing Isaac. You know what he did, though? He wanted everybody to see his faith. God gave Abraham a promise that he would be the redeemer, and the redeemer would come. Well, he would basically have a redeemer that came through his family. Okay. In Genesis 22, God told Abraham to take Isaac to a mountain and sacrifice him to the Lord. God never intended for Abraham to kill Isaac. This was merely a test to show to us the type of faith Abraham had. We got to see it. 
The Bible says this. It says, you, in James, it says what? It says, you say you have faith. He said, I'll show you my faith by what I do. That's all it was. It was a showing of the faith. Because how are you going to show your faith without action? You can't see faith without words and actions. Because faith is in the unseen. Faith, now faith is the subject of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. So you don't see faith. You can't see it with a physical eye, but your guess, guess what? Your actions and your words and your deeds, they show your faith. They're the results of it. See it? Does that make sense? You can't see faith. You could see faith in only one realm. Think of a thing, say, and do. Remember that thing, say, and do? What you could see faith like this. You could see it in your words and your actions. But it's invisible until it has an action to produce what? Tangibility. Tangibility of faith cannot be found until it's found in words and actions. Otherwise, they're just beliefs. Beliefs got to be released. So if you believe it, what are you going to do? You got to walk towards it. Got to speak your way to it. See it? Now that you see it? It's got to have feet. How you put faith, how you get, how you get faith, how you get feet to faith? Actions. Got to have corresponding action. So the only place you could see your beliefs is in your actions. Remember Jesus even said this? He said, they believe me, but they would not confess me, and therefore they would not get saved. So you can have beliefs unconfessed, but does not produce results. Un, 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 unreleased beliefs do nothing. They believed that Jesus Christ was Lord because they loved the praises of men more than the praises of God. They would not confess him, therefore they did not get saved. So you can believe something and not say it, and then not what? Release it to have action that corresponds with your beliefs and therefore produce results in your life. How'd you get saved? Believe in my heart, confess with my mouth. There you go. Belief in the heart, words of the mouth, produce corresponding action that produce results of salvation. See it? See it? Then you did all the other action stuff. So where's your faith at? Where's your faith at? You see what I'm saying? What do you mean, where's my faith at? I don't know, it's your faith. Where's it at? You pulling this in? Well, so don't lie to yourself. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that in a goofy way. Don't lie to yourself. If you don't believe it, you don't believe it. I'd rather not. Man, let me tell you something right here now. I'd rather not believe it, say I don't believe it, and go work on it and get it right till I believe it so then I can release it. Otherwise, you're just wasting time. Church is wasting time. Come you know what the problem is? If you don't teach people this stuff, my God in heaven, this is why we need to go on TV. I'm going to go help the world. I'm telling you, man. The guy just came the other day. He's like, man, you know, I'm sitting in a great church. He's like, you need to go. We need to go teach people this stuff. We're going to go do it on the internet. Well, you can run around all day long, tell people, like, oh, I got faith, transforming faith, great faith. All this stuff. If I don't know how to work this stuff, all I'm doing is wasting time, spinning my wheels, believing. You don't even know if you release your belief for crying out loud. How in the world do I know I'm going to get something from God? And God's not a mean jerk. Please understand me. You know what I'm saying? I'm not picking on, on, on God or you. God's wanting to do this. Why would he send Jesus? He just wants you and me to figure it out. But if we don't know what we're doing, we can shout all day long and not see nothing change. i got to have beliefs. And I'd rather you say, you know what, Pastor Chris? I know I need healing, but right now I don't have the faith to release yet. So what do I got to do? I'll go put you in the hearing date. I'll go get you, I'll go get you the Bible handbook on healing. I'll go get you 101 healing facts. Bro, I'll get you so much faith, I'll jam it in your ear. I'll stick it in your eye. I'll shove it up your nose for crying out loud. So the point we squeeze you, faith comes out of you for promises of healing that you'll be walking down 
remind him, well, three days, give me three days, I'll have you confess it. I'm, I'm the healed of the Lord. And I say so. Acts 10, 38, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, Holy Ghost of power, went about doing good, healed all those oppressed of the devil. That's me. I'm the healed of the Lord. Amen. By his stripes, I'm healed. Glory to God. You'll be spitting the word of God. Let's just, just say I'm there. I don't know, Pastor. I don't know if he could financially get me out. We'll shove so many money scriptures in you, money will start flowing out of you like a river. I come to church for 20 minutes a week. How am I going to do that? You're going to take homework home. Oh, you don't want it bad enough. Then you don't, then just don't talk. Just come here and go, amen. Pretend you're taking notes and go home and come back next week. You understand the truth? Just go home. Go, you could not now. Wait, you're almost done. And come back next week, bring your friends. And come back and go, isn't he cool? Look, he runs around. He's so, <laughs> like he's going to run around. He's going to run around. They brought people in the morning service. They said, he said he's going to chuck a chair. Ha <laughs> he's going to chuck a chair. The guy, new guy came and said, I almost ducked. I thought you were going to throw a chair. <laughs> I'm not going to throw a chair for all the new visitors. I haven't thrown any. I don't think I've thrown anything, have I? I threw a Bible one time, though, on my desk. Yeah, I got mad ones. People tried to tell me that they could sin. And, and it was like they thought they could get away with sinning. Nah, nah, don't worry. They got scared. They got mad, they got mad at Pastor Liz. <laughs> yeah, they were like, oh, where are they? I said, no, nah, you're goofy. I had to get back. I got back to the room, though. I got to tell people the truth. because I'm a, See, I'm accountable to God. You don't scare me. God scares me. He scares me. Two weeks ago when I said that, I, I've been thinking, I've been meditating on that. I'll never call him my friend. He could call me, he could call me his friend, but I'll never call God my friend. Not a day in my life. Get too familiar with those people. He'll call me his friend. I'm okay with that, but I'll never call him my friend. I'll call him father, never friend. Keep it right. These people running around telling you, oh, just run up there. It's a lack of reverence is what it is. We go running around with all this irreverent. We got God like he's a popsicle stand. Run to him. <laughs> These guys came running to God, trembling and quaking and scared. It's not to freak you out, but reverence. It postures you right. Every time I talk like this, he shows up. I'm not trying to freak you out with him. But we got this kind of thing written up or I don't know what they're reading. When he shows up and you come into his presence and you can't stay in his presence. This is the cool part. So that's why when you come into his presence with you, parts of you never come back. That's why if you go run into a popsicle stand, you come out with popsicles. But if you go run into a holy God, you go running in like a man and a woman and you come walking out like a God. Because some of me gets left on the altar. That's why when you come in, come in right. He's holy. My God, he's holy. My, my God, he's so, my, oh, he's holy. He's holy, God. God. God, I know I'm not worthy to be here, but 
but I'm coming anyway, and you want you accepted me, and your mouth will start changing, and and and, and the cuss will come out of you, and the, and, and and the you will come out of you, and the press will come out of you, and some of you some of you will get left left on the altar, and, and, and more of him will come out of you, and the process will keep rolling, and you're gonna go see him in the morning. My God, and you get in there, and you're thankful, and and gratitude, and you're gracious, and stuff starts changing, and you how's that? It's because you go in there, and you're like, he's a holy God, amen, and you're seeing him. Look, you don't walk in the president's office just like some clown. Come on, you don't walk in the CEO's office like you just busted in there. Like, hey, how's it going, bro? Come on, guys. You don't do this anywhere. You don't walk in a military setting. I've never been. And you just walk in there. Hey, how's it going, chief? What up? You don't do that, man. You can't get away with that. Why? Because when you come in, you're postured and ready. That's what I'm saying. You're going to see the king. Get new pajamas, some of you. Go in there right. Come on, you know what I'm saying? It might help your game a little. You know, come on, you gotta laugh a little bit. I lightened it up. Because I know you're going in there with your slippers on. All you ladies, go home and tell your husband, say, hey, I'm getting new slippers. I'm going to see the king. He thought he was the king. Tell him, now I'm going to see the real king. You a junior king. I'm dressing up for the king. Come on, man. You know what I'm saying? Go, 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 go ready. We're coming into an atmosphere. Holy God. Look, you guys, you can come in there as jacked up as you are, but don't leave there like that. That's all I'm saying. It, it, it determines its place of weight by your consciousness of where you're pre- presenting yourself. You know what I mean? Like, you, I'm going to see the king. It's your reverence of who he is that when you walk in, you understand. Like, man, I'm on holy ground. It helps you think. You know, I thought about Gideon. Let me just read Gideon and we'll go. Abraham, Abraham was scared, man. You don't think he was? Leave, your ki- leave everything you know and walk out in the land you ain't never been before. God didn't give him no GPS. He said, just get up and go, bro. You don't think, you don't think Abraham was nervous? You see what I'm saying, guys? Guys, this is what I want you to get. And I love you. Listen, this doesn't mean you're going to be void of nerves or you're going to be not be scared. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about fear, phobia. You know what I mean? But you don't think this is scary, taking a step of faith? Starting a business, that was, come on, man, that's a step of faith. Go, getting in relationships, and you, come on, guys, it's scary, but you can overcome it. It's, I don't want to scare, maybe, you could be fearful. You know what I mean? It's like a step of faith, man, I got to, can you imagine, can you imagine Abraham? Hey, Abraham, who that? God, who God? What do you want? Yeah, right, <laughs> who's what? Leave. Go Where? I ain't telling you yet. Just start walking. Where are we going? I ain't telling you nothing. Just take one step in front of the other. Am I going the right way? Just keep moving. I'll tell you if you're going wrong. Go to Ur and the Chaldees. All right. Start over here. Go to Port Orange. Make a right. <laughs> what? You see, that's scary. What do I got? Don't take nothing. How am I going to pay? Just Go. You don't think he's scared? He was nervous. He was probably scared. He didn't know what was going on. But guess what? He still took faith steps. He had, he had Isaac, his only begun, walking up the mountain. You don't think he was scared? Freaking out? What am I supposed to do with this kid? Why is God asking me to do this? God ever asked you to do something that don't make no sense? Go take the kid up. This is the kid I've been waiting for. Go take him up. God, you don't make no sense. He obeyed anyway. He was afraid, and God never wanted him to sacrifice that kid. Some of the stuff you think, oh, God, you know what he wanted to do? He wanted to see his faith. 
in action. We're still talking about it today. You want to know why Abraham had to go up on a mountain for Isaac for today? So you understand right now, we're still talking about what he's doing. It was a testimony of faith to show you you got to walk by faith and not by sight. You got to walk by instruction when you don't understand. You got to walk by what you can't walk by what you see. You got to walk by what you heard and what you believe. That's why. So we could talk about that. Why Job had to go through all the pain? So we could talk about him today. That we know that even though it looked like everything was against him, he got double for the trouble. Amen. He got the blessing of God on his life. Look at Gideon. Right? I'm going to leave you with Gideon. Israel inhabited the promised land. God sent, when they were there, he sent various prophets to explain what he was saying. Part of the time period is it narrated a book called Judges. If you read Judges, you can read Judges chapter 6. I think it talks about Gideon. But it's in the book of Judges. Gideon was one of these judges. God called him to lead Israel into battle with the Midianites. So the Midianites tried to invade the promised land and mess these guys up, basically. The Midianite army had 135 men, and Gideon gathered 32,000 men. However, God told Gideon. Now, God found Gideon at a wine press scared. Come up and said, hey, mighty man of valor. Gideon's like, who are you talking to, man? There ain't nobody here but me, and I'm scared out of my mind. <laughs> Gideon was not threshing wine where he's supposed to. He was hiding. He's basically hiding because he didn't want to get in trouble with all this battle going on. He's just scared. He's scared. You ever been scared? You've been, look, worried, fretful. How, how about this? Looking at the circumstance, how's this going to change? How are we going to do this? Doctor said this. The lawyer said that. Blah, 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 blah. Pick your, pick your poison. I don't want to be mean, but the doctor said this. The, come on. The Bible said this, but the doctor said that. The lawyer said this, or the counsel said that, or the business thing said this, and this plan said that. The accountant said that. My God in heaven, we got stuff talking all day long. Right? My head, I'm, doubt, I'm doubting me. The world's doubting me. Everybody's doubting me. Come on. Your family's doubting. You got family drama. You need restoration in that mess. You need somebody coming. You got unsaved loved ones. You got jacked up loved ones. You got jacked up friends. You got unsaved. Every, you got your neighbor's crazy. You got everything in this month. Everything needs faith. You understand what I'm saying? You got to have faith to make it for tomorrow. You got to have faith to overcome the world. The Bible says, look at your faith. Your faith's overcome the world. You need faith. So when you look at Gideon, don't go, oh, look at poor little Gideon. He's throwing rice up in the air and wheat, or whatever the heck it was, wheat. He's throwing wheat in the air and wheat flying. Look at Gideon. Gideon was scared. No, I'm talking about you being scared. How in the world is this jacked up family going to turn around? We've been doing this for 20 years. I don't see no hope in this mess. How am I going to get my kids back? How am I going to restore a relationship to those broken? I don't know what you need, but I'm not talking about Gideon. I'm talking about you. He's scared, freaking out. God said, hey, mighty man of valor. That's what you're like. Who are you talking to me? Yeah, you. You're going to be my mighty man. Mighty man of valor. You're going to be my guy. He had 32,000 men. God told Gideon, you got too many. I was like, God, your mouth's jacked up. They got 135,000, and I got 32 grand. I'm not a mathematician, but it looks like we outnumbered by 100 grand. Plus. Ballpark. God told Gideon, too many. Gideon got 300 men against 132,000. God said, now you're ready. Gideon was scared, but he trusted God to prove his promise. God said, 
They needed a smaller army so that the people would know that it was God who won the battle and not a large army. Maybe you just get stuck in some of these spots that look to be impossible just for God to show you how possible it is with him. He don't bring it, but maybe every once in a while he just goes, you know what? You got too much. Get in a jam. Watch me get you out. You know what I mean? Like, not that he's wanting you to get there, but you know what I'm saying? Gideon, Gideon got set up. I'm sorry. Gideon had enough to go to battle with more. God said, no, get less than that. Just let me show you I'm God. So this way, you ever got a question again about me? Hush your mouth, boy. <laughs> I got your back. Going over 30,000 men. He's like, no, I got 300 against 135,000. God said, well, go get 300 guys and let's do it. Huh? Listen to this. You can play. The night of the battle, Gideon and his servants sneaked into the camp of the Midianites and overheard them telling of a dream. Two Midianites interpreted the dream to mean that Gideon's small army would wipe out their... God got the enemy jacked up before you get there. Small God sent two Midianites to interpret the dream to mean that Gideon's small army would wipe out their large army, and with no assurance, Gideon returned to his camp to begin the battle. The Midianites were so scared that many of them started fighting and killing one another, thinking that Gideon's army <laughs> was all around them. See, picture this. Gideon got 300. Gideon's like, bump it. We're going to die. Might as well go out big. He spies on the Midianite army, and he gets there, and here's what he hears. Two Midianites get up and go, man, I had a dream. They got a dream in the land, and they interpreted the dream. He said, what's that dream mean? He says, oh, that means that, means that when Gideon comes, He's going to destroy your whole army. He got 300 men and God. He got 132,000. And the Midianites said, what? They said, Gideon's army is going to kill you. They got so upset about it that before Gideon even started coming, they started fighting one another, killing one another about what was going to happen before the battle even showed up. You don't know what God's working on on your behalf. Just hush your mouth and go with God. Amen. They might start, people might start knocking one another in the head just because you're coming. Amen. Praise God. I don't know. Mind your business. Let God be God. I ain't God. I don't want to be God. Let God deal with God. That's his problem. But he might just have the battle getting ready to happen within the camp or where you're going. Don't worry about how he's going to do it. Just know he said he'll do it. So the Midian army starts fighting one another. Watch this. Check this out. So the Midianites were scared that many of them started fighting and killing one another, thinking that Gideon's army was all around. Through faith, Gideon with a small army conquered all the Midianites. Listen to me, I'm going to tell you right here now. Just like Abraham got in faith, the sacrifice was waiting on a mountain. Just like Gideon got in faith, the battle was already won. Just like you got to get in faith that the victory will come because of your faith. Then promises are true. They'll stand forever. Get in faith and don't come out of it. Because let me tell you something about Abraham. The minute Abraham got in faith, the ram got caught in a thicket. The minute Gideon got in faith, God got his army, got the enemy. Everybody got in faith. Everybody that got in faith, God got on their behalf. When you get in faith today, God will start working on your behalf. And here's the key. Don't get in faith and come out. Stay in it. You might not know what's going on. Don't let your mouth say nothing different than where your faith was released. Don't go by what you see. Don't go by what you think. Don't go by what you feel. Don't look at changed circumstances and tell me this is working or not. I got my faith on it. Don't undo it with your mouth. Keep your mouth in a place of faith. Amen? 
Listen, guys, I'm not going to tell you. Listen to me. I'm going to be sure with you. I'm not going to tell you this ain't scary. Faith will work in your heart with doubt in your head. Your head will have some reason, man. I don't know what we're going to do. Don't worry about it. You might be a little shaky. You might be a little nervous. You might be a little apprehensive. It might look a little scary. It might look like, oh, my God, how's this going to happen? But I promise you this. If you can get in faith and just stay there, everything's going to work out okay. Now, it might not work out the way you, there's a big one. It might not work out the way you thought it was going to work out, but it's going to work out. Is that okay? I think you need to hear that sometimes. Well, I thought it was going to happen like this. You know what? No, 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 no. Let it work out the way God wants it to work out because God knows best, not you. Well, you know what? I love that story, right? You know, I love it when, <laughs> this is so good, right? Remember when he went to go get Lazarus? You know, and I thought Jesus was lying. You know, and I know Jesus don't lie, but catch it. When you read the story, right, it's in the gospel account of John. They went to go get Lazarus, and Jesus is like, yeah, he goes, yeah, Lazarus is sick. And they're like, oh, okay, he's sick. You know, cool, Lazarus is sick. Everybody gets, every once in a while he gets sick, you know, he'll heal up and go. And then Lazarus, he, said, he hung out and said, Jesus said, no, 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 no. He said, Lazarus is sick. I'll preach it for you one day, right? He said, Lazarus is sick. And he says, you know, so the disciples were like, okay, cool. He said, we're going to stay here and retire. And then all of a sudden they waited four days. He turned around and said, he goes, this. He goes no, he goes, Lazarus is dead. But he said this, you remember, you remember this? He said, this sickness will not end in the death. That's what Jesus said. You know what's in it? Remember what's in it? He said, this sickness will not, he said, Lazarus is sick, but this sickness will not end in the death. And it's okay, cool. So these guys are like, all right, you know, just chill out, bro. Have some chicken soup, chill out, rest, watch some reruns, watch Bonanza or whatever, you know, <laughs> chill out, do your thing and get better, right? Next thing you know, Jesus comes back and said, now Lazarus is dead. I don't know about you, but I would have been tripping. You didn't tell me he was going to die. But then Jesus shows up four days later, and you know, I did all that because the spirit of the Hebrew tradition says that after three days, the spirit of a man would actually leave the atmosphere. They used to say it hovered, and after four days, now he's really dead. He said, I'm going to wait till he's really dead in your eyes. I'm going to wait till he's really dead. Dead as a doornail, dead. Dead, no, no, no hope for resurrection. They lost all hope for resurrection. Jesus showed up and said, what? Lazarus, come out of that tomb, kid. This sickness will not end in the death. He said, it, he didn't say he wouldn't die. See it? He said it won't end up in death. He might resurrect some dead things in your life. God never promised you some things wouldn't die. He's just saying this. It ain't going to end the way it looks, kiddo. Just hang in there, amen? It ain't ending just the way it's looking right now. I could resurrect dead things. Don't you think this thing's over? I'm getting ready for a comeback. Come on, somebody. Stand up on your feet. You know what I'm saying? Don't worry about what it looked like. He can resurrect dead things. Come on. Some things, though, some of you need to leave dead. <laughs> You'll get that on the ride home. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Are you going to deny him doing that? Because <laughs> that wasn't for you to begin with. Woo-hoo. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.